0: Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Wine and Spirits Exhibition. The 54th edition of Vinitali was held from 10 to the 13th of April. If you missed it, don't worry, go to VinitaliPlus.com for on-demand recordings of all the sessions from the exhibition. And remember to save the date, the next edition of Vinitali will be held from the 2nd to the 5th of April, 2023.
1: Welcome to Iconic Women in Italian Wine on the Italian Wine Podcast. This recording was taken from a seminar that took place during Vinitali 2022. Listen in to this unprecedented, unique session that included two competing wine writers and seven renowned wine producers sharing a stage to tell their stories. This was a meeting of hearts, minds, and wines, a showcase of the communication skills of women who were able to pool their resources and put aside differences to come together for the greater good of the entire Italian wine sector.
2: Okay, so now we know who's here, in case you didn't before. Um, and you can see that we had three wines poured. this is our first group. So everybody, please taste them now and think about who you think, um, which wine might belong to which producer. I am going to give you a little bit of a hint and tell you who's in each grouping. Um, well actually taste first, and then we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we actually managed to deliver some small samples to Monica. Um, So I don't know if we're tasting. Monica, if you have any notes. Uh, Some very distinctive wines here, I would say. Right away, what I love about Italy, um, wines that really speak and say something to you out of the glass. Uh, Monica, any comments?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, Thankfully, despite my terrible voice and the coughing, I do have a sense of smell and taste. So I'm very excited to taste these wines. Off the bat, we jump into the first sample, which is obviously a white wine. But um, I think you'll notice it's kind of hard to tell exactly what grape this could be. There's a kind of a fullness. There's a lot of um, kind of a, a ripe apple, pear, a little bit of nuttiness. Um, I was going to
2: say, Monica, I think if this was truly blind and we were tasting um, in the dark or with black glasses, you wouldn't know if this is a white wine or a red wine.
3: Exactly. Because there's, there's, it's very generous. It's incredibly generous. Very perfumed and a lot of depth. But I'm really struck by the, the, the kind of creaminess as well. And you know,
2: um, also to talk about wine number two, this to me, this, this beautiful juiciness, beautiful expression. Um, and I actually think we're going to see this in all of these wines, uh, just the wonderful complexity that we're going to find. Monica, and I'll let you maybe move on to wine number three.
3: Yes. And so wine number three is definitely you can there is a bit of evolution there. But I mean, notice how, how those kind of earthy notes jump right at you. There's licorice, there's dark dark tar, there's kind of um, kind of like a rusty nail. There's also a kind of um, almost a little bit of a balsamic note that kind of comes straight from, from the bouquet with a little bit of um almost like a like a, a dried violet or, or even a little bit of rosemary. Great mineral expression. Yeah, yeah. we're,
2: we're, we're going to let them do some tasting notes too, but uh, we're actually going to jump to the part where we have some audience participation, please. Um, so, I am going to give you a little bit of a hint here if you haven't already figured out. Our first group includes a wine from Elisabetta Foradori, also from Ariana Occhi and also from Chiara Boskis. So, what do we? Who do you think our uh, white wine belongs to? Show, raise your hand if you think. How am I doing this? Actually, <laughs> yes, because I don't want to do too many votes. We're not going to take a no, was, time with this. So
3: you have three choices, right? You okay, have. Okay, here we go. Okay, so just raise your hand once. Okay, that's how it works. You get to vote
4: once. Um, so if you you think the first wine is Ariana's, please raise your hand. Nobody. Okay. Okay. If you think it's Chiara Boski's, raise your hand. Oh my God, this is good. <laughs> these,
2: kids, these kids are good. Okay, let me ask, who thinks this wine is Ah. Yes. Oh. Okay, great. <laughs> easy, easy peasy. All right, well now we've made it really easy for you. So wine number two, do we think it's Chiara's? Do we think it's Arianas? Yeah. yeah, okay. And wine number three, of course, is Chiarabosky's. Let me tell you what we have. In glass number one, the... Noci- uh, well, I'll read it as we like. Uh, 2015, Vignetti Della Dolomiti, Nosiola Fontana Santa. Two- and then wine number two, from Occhi 2019, Frappato Viniti Contrada, BB. And finally, wine number three, 2010, Borolo Canubi. So um, I think three beautiful wines to start. Uh, We've had some tasting notes, but I think, as you said, we've got some younger. we have a young wine, the 2019, in between the 2015, going back to the 2010. So wonderful expressions and also some good evolutions to some of these wines. Thank you all. Um, We're now gonna talk a little bit. We had a question for this trio. Um, Each of these producers, each of you, Uh, represent very specific and highly individual wine territories, uh, Sicily, Trentino, Barolo. And one of the things that I see a lot and that we're seeing is more greater granularity in the wine industry, as winemakers see a wonderful terroir and they want to highlight it and bottle it separately. So what are the pros and cons of this? Of course, uh, as a wine lover, to get more information and more expression, this is exciting, but also as a wine lover to try and track down this very hard to find limited bottling is also difficult. And it means that the wine may not be part of a broader conversation. Um, Can each of you talk a little bit about that while telling us about your wine and why you selected it? And
5: maybe we'll just start at the far left with Ariana, if we may. Hello everybody! Thank you for coming. And to be after you know two years, very strange for everybody. Um, today um, we we are putting frappato. Uh, frappato is uh, the grape uh, original from Victoria, where I live, where I was born. No, where where I grew up. I was born in Marsala, so in the west coast of Sicily. Um, Frappato is part of um, our appellation, that is Cerasuolo di Vittoria, usually was blended with Nero d'Avola. And when I started making wine, um, I was attracted from this grape, and uh, we took hands because maybe Frappato needed uh, a person that uh, uh, was uh, believing in this amazing grape, and maybe I needed a very important grape to to, to grow as winemaker, to grow as vigneron. So um, thanks to uh, the character of this grape, uh, I learned to make wine. And um, after years, so that's vinified the frappato blending uh, uh, some different parcel, um, And also, we the Nero is that's, uh, so as you know, so one of the, the most important grape in Sicily, and I hope in the next future Merbava will get again the importance that this grape has. Um, but after 2016, I decided to um, start to vinify the uh, parcel by parcel, so as a single vineyard, because um, for almost. 15 years I was working uh, and vinifying uh, different uh, kind of soil. And Vittoria is specialized as a, a lot of limestone. So we are uh, at the Feet Riblai Mountains in the southeast of Sicily, in a very um, important place because it's the unique DOCG. So solo di Vittoria is the blend of Frappato and Nero d'Avola, is the unique uh, DOCG of Sicily. Um, And uh, uh, the the area is made by different kinds of limestone. So in Victoria, we have red sand, usually on top for the first 30 centimeter, and uh, compact limestone or or tufa or um, more light limestone underneath. Um, When I started making wine, when I was uh, driving tractor around the Victoria place, Uh, I discovered the different parcel, and at the beginning, uh, I wasn't able to buy. So I rented a small parcel, and step by step, I was able to buy. So now, fortunately, I have, like, a treasure, because uh, I'm working in many different districts in Victoria. So I've unified many different parts of this place, and um, I found uh, the work, uh, uh, parcel by parcel, uh, one of the goal of a wine producer is not a, a tradition in victoria but i started to make it because for me it's important to show what victoria is uh, in uh, in in the in the real part of its uh, his, uh um, wine sense so BB is the place where now you have the seller and this one is 19 and um I have other two parcels, so PT, Contrada Pettineo, FL, Contrada Fossa di Lupo, and BB, Contrada Bombolieri. Um, I decided to to join with you Bombolieri because it's 100% limestone, as to show how Victoria is able to make so fresh wine, even we are in the north of uh, Africa, we can say at the end, no? So the perfect, deep south of, uh, of Sicily. Um in Victoria, we have wine we launch pH high acidity, so I hope you join this uh, freshness and the uh, elegance of the wine, and uh, I invite you to discover the other parcel and contrato of Victoria and come to visit us soon. <laughs> Thank you, Ariana, and
2: maybe
6: Elisabetta, <laughs> if you would like to say a few words. I'm also very pleased to be here. Thank you very much for everybody. Um, so, are you still making wine? I'm still making wine, yes. You see a cow, but uh, okay, no, my that son that is that making that wine now, but uh, I yeah, because, because I, I like to see yeah, yeah. And your son said, no, my mom's only making cheese now. No wine, no, it's no so so wine. A fermentation. Yeah, no, <laughs> but you're not make cheese and wine, So this yeah. is good. It's much more difficult to make cheese than wine so far i am now um yes uh tasting the wine from ariana and feeling this freshness and uh, go back perhaps to Noziola or or which we are doing in the south so up south austria you are in north africa and we are in south austria <laughs> apparently we're not in italy we're in africa yeah. we're in austria yeah. okay so perfect <laughs> um i was thinking about the the beauty and the richness that this country has in terms of variety and expression of terroir because at least uh, um we are our mission i think as uh, women or generally say that people who are making wine is really to transfer into a bottle this pure message of the different uh, terroir which is a word which it's not our i will say genius loci or something with of course of course include the climate include the soil the genetic but include also what we are able to do with this and uh what we are able to do sometimes uh i mean we are we are as far the people who make possible this and we are a great responsibility because uh First, to save uh, and improve the genetic of all this variety, which are a lot, but less and less. Uh, I mean, the variability is, uh, sorry, I talk a little bit generally, but uh, you know, Noziola, Toroldo, probably you know, but. Um, and, and second, how can we let express this terroir? Uh, because if you don't put the plant in a condition of, of be uh, healthy, be uh, connected, you know, with the roots, with all what the soil has to to say, and also with the leaves. So there are a lot of information coming also from the cosmos, also from outside in a pure way. You you won't be able to like express a terroir. So we have this great responsibility to that in a in a pure way, because viticulture, at least, is a monocultura. It's not naturally, we have the forest, which is naturally, but, uh, so these poor vines are constricted to be, uh, yes, to work very close together. And uh, as my experience in this year was, let the plant live in community, and let express the diversity, Mm -hmm. then you can have terroir wine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for us in the cellar, be respectful, be beside. Uh, A lot of thinking, but mostly a lot of instinct to to be beside to this meraviglioso world of diversity that we we can have. Um, And I choose Noziola because uh course, has uh, a lot of, I mean, uh, we are more, probably people know for Adore more for Teroldego, but because it's a very shine, but very important variety for Trentino, which nobody knows, there are only 50 hectare, uh, but it's like an example for the great Italian wine, which can age a lot. Uh, But only if you work with the skin, if you work with a certain uh, uh, caution about, so that a lot of Italian white variety can now express herself through a different viticulture and different winemaking. Because even Trebbiano, you know, if you press, you put in the bottle, it's a very boring wine. But a Trebbiano who can express himself through the skin is completely different. So that's because uh, Noziela is here, and uh, yes, I'm very, very pleased to, to be with this great group of women. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Elizabeth
4: And Chiara okay also i'm very very happy to be here and to be honest when i get this invitation for the iconic women I said what do i have of iconic in my life i work like a donkey and in the cellar but then i said yes I have this. This is the iconic thing. This vineyard, Calnube, that has been given to me, that I take care of, and is really an iconic uh, uh, vineyard, and, an iconic place. When you think about the Lange, the Barolo area, you think to terroir. Of course, so the diversity of our uh, vineyard, our plot, is uh, incredible. Uh, we really can make different wine from meter to meter. And that's why, many years ago, when I started this adventure as a winemaker, as a young winemaker, and I get the fortune to get together with uh, some uh, other friends. They were only all boys, they were the Barola boys, and I was the only girl in this group, but we understood that uh, to underline and to put a spotlight on this characteristic, that would have been a very strong point for us. Bar in the past has always been interpreted as a wine of assemblage. So all the different vineyard, the different expression of the various hills were put together. The idea was smart, of course, because you have a homogeneous and fantastic wine that put together all the different souls of our area area, but to uh, to define clearly the single uh, vineyard give the opportunity to understand much better, for us uh, in premise, uh, to understand much better the potential of our tower So can you be the wine that I will present today? Uh, it's a wine of uh, incredible uniqueness that the fact that also the UNESCO gave us uh, as a first uh, region, one region in the world, the recognition for the, um, as a patrimony of the humanity is important, the recognition not, not only to the quality, but also to the beauty of, uh, of our, our Beauty that has been sculptured by hard work of human beings. We have uh, a lot of work in the vineyard because to make it look Look so beautiful and to taste so good. I promise you, there is a lot of work that we do in person in the vineyard. Anyway, this this, vine, this wine is um, so it's coming from this uh, vineyard that is in the heart of the Barolo area. So it's really very well protected. It's almost like in a cup, uh, so well protected by, uh, the, by, the, by the weather, by all the other vineyard. And this particular is not too high in the altitude, around 300 meters above the level of the sea. We have this uh, uh, unique uh, soil that is uh, uh, very rich in sand, so it uh, has uh, a lot of drainage. So it um, doesn't matter what, how is the weather, the condition, this vineyard performs always to his best. This vintage is 2010. That uh, is important for me. So it shows the age, and sorry. Mm, the wine is not uh, filtered. In fact, you will f- find a little bit of sediment. Um, for me, is important, Canube because yes, it's true. Like Monica was saying, I had a dream. Uh, because I, I am organic, uh, organic in the farming and, of course, in the winemaking. But uh, I hope I could convince my neighbor and my colleague and friend of the Hill of Kanubi to create the first organic district in the era. At the beginning, everybody was saying, "Okay, this is the typical vision impossible," and uh, could seem so, but. To be honest i tell you now is really almost all done so almost all the producers accepted to adopt the, the organic uh, protocols for the canada which make me very very happy and proud uh, the vintage 2010 is important for me because in this year My brother, Giorgio, joined me. He has three wonderful daughters. They are all studying enology, of course, and they will be be ready soon to take the torch and help uh, in the cellar and in the vineyard, and there will be a new generation of uh, women. So, thank you.
2: Thank you, Sarah. All right, so that was our first group, but let me, um, I think both, all three of you talked a little bit about this idea of um, expression of granularity. Like, can we get back to this, you know, in terms of, we, we looked at some very little known grape varieties, and even all three of these, with Nebbiolo being much better known, are native Italian varieties from very, sometimes smaller regions, lesser known. How, all of you producers, I think, how are you part of the broader conversation when you're trying to communicate about something that's Very precise and very small sometimes. Is there anyone who would like to talk about this?
4: Uh, well, um, as I was telling you before, Barolo, for example, for Barolo, I can tell you about this. My experience uh, was always interpreted as an assemblage, and to be honest, uh, the assemblage is a fantastic, um, a fantastic way to to present the Barolo because you get a little bit of all the the perfume, the color, the the, the taste of different vineyards that can impact in a big different way. Mm, so. Um, but the, the, single, the single crow has this magic of showing you and teaching you about uh, the character of that specific vineyard. I also bought a tubarola, like Monica was saying before. The other uh, tubarolos are one, is another single crow in Monforta, in Musconi. And, and the third one is an assemblage. So uh, I would I I invite you to, taste, uh, to come and paste uh, this wine because the vinification that I want to do is the same in order to show the difference of terror because i think that really the terror is our strength strength point to make people uh, engaging people to to make fall in love with the area and then according to the taste of everybody who likes more elegance so for example prefer uh kanubi who likes more the the the, the, the meat the fruit goes maybe for example in my case to Moscone but uh, it's really very nice and uh, it's possible to have much more fun if you have more diversity and I would say
2: also I mean one of the beautiful things about Italian wine is the diversity so this is just uh, greater diversity yes anyone else or shall we move on to our next group okay I think we'll go to the next group the next two wines and um we can all taste again really quickly um I haven't had a chance to taste yeah. yet
3: I just wanted to say from, from over here that we are perfectly on time. So I wanted to say thank you to all the panelists and everyone. We are perfectly on schedule. Um, and again, thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Italian wine podcast brought to you by Vinitali international wine and spirits exhibition, the biggest drinks trade fair in the world. Save the date! The next edition of Vina will be held the 2nd through the 5th of April 2023. Remember to subscribe to Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com.
1: Chin chin!